Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. What's up? Happy Friday. Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Yeah. Friday, best day of the week by far. We got the weekend ahead of us. We have Saturday NFL games. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. I'm a, a Saturday's the best day of the week by far. I mean, I, I don't, I feel like I can't really. Like, yeah. You don't like Fridays? Well, I guess, yeah, Saturdays. I actually had this conversation with my daughters. I'm like, what's your favorite day? Right. Of the week? They all said Saturday. Of course. Yeah, I kind of like Fridays. You get a little work done and then you get a little bit of off, start having fun. And then Saturday you have all day off. I get that. Yeah. So you like a little work. You yeah, like, like a little to, work like in your day. A little bit of work. Okay. I like hey, to do a little hey. bit of work. Everybody has their own thing, right? And you know, Fridays you get happy hour, like you get everybody wants to go out, like everybody still has that energy, like you're in a good mood. I haven't been to a happy hour in maybe <laughs> five to six. Well, you have to years. create your own. Yeah, I hear that. I thought that. Yeah. So I'm coaching a big debut for me tonight. I am coaching first practice, first uh-huh. practice. Oh, okay, okay. My daughter's basketball team, and uh, you know what they have to call me, right? Coach, coach Danny? No, not Coach Cannell. Canal's a little bit hard to pronounce. Yeah, K- Coach K. Coach K. Hey. Coach K. Here we go. Hey, I don't know if you could steal that. That Why might not? be copyrighted. I don't, can anyone be called Coach K? I'm going with it. I've been texting the parents and just Let signing me, it, Coach K. What's your message? What is what is your like statement? Opening message. Yeah. One, we're gonna have fun. Okay. We're gonna get better. Okay. And we're gonna out hustle the other team. That's my message right. right there. Most important, we're gonna have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna be aggressive. And we're gonna we're gonna out hustle the other team. Good. Good, right? I think we're, we'll see how the records go because our team may not be as uh, strong as the others as the draft was a complete joke. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to do some NBA later. Uh, the Lakers were struggling on defense. They had yeah. fun with the refs. We are going to pick all of the bowl games from this weekend. Oh, I'm so, so I uh, hope you have your notes in your research dude, department, uh, down. Pat. I spent all morning <laughs> right. switching between Fortnite and figuring out what I was going to do with these bowl games. Boom, I'm ready. There you go. All right. So we're going to do that a little bit later, but first we've got to get to last night's game because it was phenomenal. Uh, it lived up to the hype, which I love seeing. The Thursday night games this season have been insane. The NFL this season has been awesome. Like it wasn't that long ago, a year or two ago, we were writing off the NFL saying, the, you know, is the league in trouble? They're right. Losing viewers. Now we got this product delivered. And last night, I've, I've been saying it for a while for the last week or two that I thought the Chargers were the most underrated team in the NFL. And I think everybody's going to start noticing now that this team can win a Super Bowl. And I like if you thought the Chiefs could, if you think the Saints can, if you think Why the can't they? Absolutely. Why can't they? And to so much the extent where I think some people might even start picking this team from the AFC as they're in this battle over the last two games to see who gets the home field advantage throughout. Right. And it's crazy that they could steal this thing and the Chiefs on the flip side could drop all the way to a 5 seed in the playoffs. It's nuts how this thing has flipped late. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, but it does speak to like you know, the Chargers just, again, like the least talked about big story in the NFL all year. It's pretty remarkable that until last night, it wasn't a topic of conversation for anybody. Like it just, they weren't. And I watched, you know, watching the game, I just felt like Kansas City should have been up by more. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I just felt like they, they should have been up by more. And I thought it spoke to, to just a caliber of defense to some degree, right? Like, I'm not saying that. The Chargers defense is fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. Like they're good, but they're not like uh, uh, an all-world type of um, like reset the game type of defense. But the Chiefs defense is, aside from that front that'll get after you a little bit, the rest of that is rough. Right. They have. Well, see, the thing that's interesting is I actually thought the Chiefs defense was playing good for them this year. Yeah. Because they were getting to Philip Rivers, they were pressuring him. They did have several sacks in the game. 
But I think that was an anomaly because they were playing at home. They had the advantage of the But if you home. don't get pressure on the opposing quarterback, they literally can't stop anything. They no. had a couple picks. No, but, but that was but because the front, and, yeah, and the front was after him. Exactly. Phillip Rivers had, he played an awful first half, I thought. Like they put up seven points, but I thought he looked cold. Like a lot of his balls were coming up short and he couldn't get them downfield. Like he didn't have any oomph on his, on, a, on the throws downfield. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad game for Right. Him. Here we go with the 0 and 9 versus the Chiefs and you, Chiefs curse. And then he just kept slinging it. Dude, you felt like Kansas City should have been up like 21 to 30 totally. to, to, to 28 points. But you know what the difference is? It's that Chiefs defense that you're talking about. They had multiple opportunities to do that. And even late. So in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs were up 14 and the Chargers get the ball with seven and a half minutes left. And the Chargers went in a four and a half minute drive. Just methodical. Just no, boop, never. Boop, boop. Then all of a sudden the pressure wasn't there as much. Phillip was getting comfortable. He started to find a rhythm. He had multiple third down conversions. Yeah. Whenever they needed a stop, they couldn't get it. So then it cuts down to seven. Then they go three and out, or they had maybe they, no, they went three and out because they had a penalty. And then Phillip Rivers on the last drive, they had second and twenty, and Phillip Rivers hits the big play to Travis Benjamin. Yeah. Then they had fourth and eight. So your chance to get off the field, win the game, right. comes back the same play, flipped it over to Travis Benjamin again, and that's when he threw it like before he'd even started. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah. That was unbelievable anticipation. But that's what concerns me about this Chiefs team. And as good as these offenses have been, I think the Chargers reminded us, the Ram, uh, the Bears have reminded us, and the Cowboys have reminded us, defense still matters in the NFL. You can have all these offensive fireworks on one side of the ball, but you have to be balanced if you want to be considered a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I just, you know, the other thing, you talk about balance, right? And I felt like, you know, I know you're without Kareem Hunt, and I know Patrick Mahomes is is different. Yeah. Like I, my eyeballs tell me <laughs> he's, that he's different. Okay. Did you see the one where he like dropped it down? He yes. looked like a shortstop. He threw it from his waist around a defender. Yes. He like you know the movie. What was it? Not was it not Departed, but uh, Wanted. Yeah. That the one with Jolie where they like curve the bullets around yes. people. Yeah. That's how he threw the damn ball. Like he curved it around somebody. It was yeah. sick. But and I know he's I know he's nasty like that. But you just. You average 24 runs per game, which is like midway, you know, through the league. Last night you only ran it 17 times. And I feel like the kid Damian Williams actually was, was producing a little bit. And when you had this 14 point lead, I felt like they went away from it. I did. I, I felt like they fell out of balance and I know they're going to be a pass first team, but at that point, don't you have to shorten the game just a little bit when you know you don't have that defense? Like, don't you like call some more runs? They were just, he was slinging it. Like they were down 10 when they were up 14. Totally agree with you. And that's where Andy Reid has to have a sense of awareness of what's happening in the game. Hey, my defense isn't very good. Let's take some time off the clock. Let's, you know, let's start running the ball and let's lean on the other team a little bit. Right. But I think also the Chargers are hard to do that against. And the only thing they can do and the only thing they know is really passing the ball. I did think Mahomes is getting a little cocky. Yeah. Like with the left-handed throws several times, like, all right, like, bro, like we get it. You've made a throw left-handed. <laughs> One of these times he's going to throw it up there. It's and that's going to go to the house. Correct. The way. But he's feeling like he's, and he's making some of these plays. It's pretty insane. Like even the first touchdown pass, when he was scrambling around to his right, you thought yeah. the play was dead. And oh. just last second just finds it, slings it across and Lips you get a it. touchdown. And that's, that's devastating for a defense who thinks they have a stop so much so that I think they even let up. Like they were like oh, on that play, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they did. Like, Everyone oh, stop, throw it away. We're just gonna and then yeah, boom, yep. hit you. Like you better be. Did that, did that change the conversation? We talked about it yesterday. So Philip Rivers was twenty six for thirty eight, three thirteen. Uh, he had the comeback, but he also had the two picks uh, versus the two touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, I mean, he was twenty four for thirty four, two forty three. I think it was his lowest production in terms of yardage, yardage in a game. Uh, and the two touchdowns, 
uh, no picks. Does it change significantly the uh, the MVP race? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I mean, I think he's got a lock on it. It was going into this game. I mean, it might have, the odds might have changed slightly, right? But I don't think I don't think Rivers did enough to dazzle. Now it was special in that fourth quarter. He was pretty special. But I think if you watch the entire game. You know, all you have to do is watch them play. Don't even look at the stat line, and you're like, one of them looks really special, and the other one's starting to look old. You Correct. Know? Like, and, and, and I'm, it shouldn't be a knock on Philip Rivers. He is old, and he's still, and it's incredible what he's doing, producing at this age. But it's Mahomes' trophy. Like, yeah. it should be his. Like, I, I think he could even go 0 for two these last couple games and not play that great. Similar, like. What we're saying about him, he's in his second year, and we're like, yeah, he didn't play that great. He still had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, he got his team in a chance to win, and you know his defense couldn't off the field. So I think it's, I think it's his, I think it's a lock. Let me ask you another question. Um, so in the age of quarterback, right? Like you've got this older guard of greats that will soon, you know, be probably processing out, checking out. Like, um, then you've got this young crop, right? Yep. Like you got Russell Wilson, who's not in the in the older echelon yet, and then you've got Russell's like in that middle. He's in the middle, right? You got a couple of those. How long before Patrick Mahomes, and will he ever be regarded as probably the, the best playing? Like he's does he yeah, have that kind of up? He's got like, that kind of. I've always said it's Brady, it's Breeze, and it's Rodgers. Like those are the three elite ones. I think like next year you should be considering in that same conversation. Really? Like maybe even now? Wow. Like because he's doing things that you haven't. Even I feel like a, I feel like a lot of people though are still on the like oh wait till everybody gets a book on him. Right, yeah. so I, I and I think that's fair. I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but I think it's fair because you've only got one season. So if you double down on that, you're saying next year people would be like, okay, this is yeah. If he does, if he replicates this success or even comes close, like if he throws for 35 right. next year, people are gonna be like, oh, the thing that I think is there might be a book on him. You can start watching him more, but he's not a gimmick quarterback. Correct. He's not running zone read option. Uh. He's running, passing the ball downfield, and he's reading things out. Like he's not, it's so he's he's doing. I think he's I think he should be in that conversation now. Um, two point play, I love it at the end. Anthony Lynn, I love the mentality. He said, "quote We didn't come here for a tie. We came here to win." To me, it was a no brainer. I also love it too on the road. Like if you're at home, take it to overtime. Let your defense do some things. And against that offense with Patrick Mahomes on the road, go for two. Go for it. Like take control your own destiny as opposed to sitting back and playing. They haven't stopped you all night unless Philip Rivers made a bad ball, like threw a bad ball. Yep, I'm with you. So, uh, big win for them. We'll have to see. The last two games, I think, are going to be crucial, obviously. And I think the Chargers might have the edge because it's a little bit easier. Ravens, not an easy opponent, but it's at home. And then the Broncos on the road, and the Chiefs have to go to Seattle, one of the hotter teams right now in the NFL. Yeah, lean on you in the run. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting, and that game could decide the uh, the fate of. I think Baltimore is going to beat uh, the Chargers. Pick. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. On the road. I do. Boom. Well, yeah. If you saw the Chiefs get after Philip Rivers, what do you yeah. think the Ravens are going to do? They might uh, not. He might not survive that game. Uh, speaking of surviving, uh, Carson went. So we did a little bit on this uh, the last couple of days because his injury, his back injury, has been a major topic of conversation around the NFL. Mm-hmm. So now you found out that he has a fracture in his back, and he went out. So he got a um, an MRI. Uh, on his back and they found that he had fracture, which is a little bit like, why, why did they take this long to do this? Mm-hmm. CT scan, a fractured vertebrae that if allowed time for rest would hopefully heal. So there'd be no further expected issues, but I think it does assume that he would take off these last three games. So there's been some Philly fans who've been a little bit upset saying, well, what is this a mistake? Did they miss this injury? Because week six or seven is when he had some reported issues with the back. Did it, did it go unnoticed? Um, you know, is it a big deal that he goes outside for a second opinion uh, as far as a medical opinion goes? 
I don't think it's a big deal at all that you go get a second opinion. Like I think guys do that all sure. the time. My dad was a team doctor for the Dolphins, never felt offended. Like, hey, if you want to go see somebody else and get another eye set of eyeballs, yeah. My, my dad would actually call other staffs and say, hey, maybe you could look at this guy. This sure. is your area of expertise. Can you help us out? You know, so there's like a, t- a your dad was a good team doctor. <laughs> right. They're not all like that. No, they're not. Yeah. But I think that's where it starts to get concerning is why has this gone undiagnosed for this long? And once you really want to get into like deeper issues, the same staff also works with the Sixers who have mishandled Markel Fultz. Like, how did you miss that TOS issue that he has with his shoulder for so long when he was becoming the laughing stock of the league? How did that go undiagnosed? And he was going around searching the country for other opinions. Yeah, and now this is a medical group that that reps. Uh, they're relatively new to repping both the Eagles. Apparently, and yeah. The Sixers, Debo, right? Debo said they uh, the first year they've done the uh, the Eagles this year. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of that medical, but if you've missed the TOS and now so here's what I'll say about this back though. You and I know both know that you can go to the trainer. You can tell them that you're dealing with, man, my back's just stiff, man. It's sore. Like that could be diagnosed. Maybe because you have a vertebrae that's, that's fractured, right? You've got spasm in, in your lower back, right? And those are the symptoms that they can see in the training room, right? Right. So they're like, Oh dude, yeah, your back's jacked. Like, let's get you some massage. We'll get you in the hot and cold tub, some contrast. And, and it stops there because you do have the symptoms of spasms in your back, but it was triggered because of that vertebrae. So that could go missed. But aren't you surprised? So I've had back issues. I've had back spasms. One of the first things I did, whether it was while I was playing or when I wasn't playing, the chiropractor I saw here locally was like, let's get an MRI and see what's going on. Right. Like, why didn't they get this scan earlier? Like, as soon as he started having issues, let's just check it. Let's just make sure. And then you could at least spotted it and said, all right, because if you're showing symptoms, I I get it could just be nothing. And you could have back spasms, right? But well, I mean, why I, wouldn't you take every precaution? Well, That's I, my question. I know it's a good question, but I, I just counter with like I've been on teams where, you know, they back spasms, they, right? They fill you full of flexorol and, and have you go <laughs> right. out there and play. Good luck, go get them. No BS. I, the team will remain like I fell nasty fall um in Memphis, like nasty fall on the plane going to Houston. My my back was just in a full spasm from like the top of my neck to like the top of my glutes. It was just locked up. I was like this, couldn't move. Right. So all night long, a trainer shows up at, at my at my door and gives me like like ibuprofen or something. I'm like, okay, like let me, you know, I need that. We play tomorrow. So go down to shoot around the next morning. I'm a little lethargic or whatever. He's still giving me my ibuprofen on the hour. Like let's. So I go out for the game and he puts he lays me down in the training room. Like I take all the heat, a little bit of massage. I go out there. And I'm loose enough to play, but I'm like, man, I feel really, really groggy, man. Like, and I, I just can't shake this funk. So I say to him, like, after the game, I'm like, yo, I don't know what's up with me, but I just can't, like, get it together. He's like, well, yeah, you've been taking Flexoril since last night. It's a muscle relaxer. <laughs> I've been taking muscle relaxers for the last 24 hours out there, played a basketball game, half asleep. It's, uh, the back issue is something that always concerns me. I had a game when I was playing, I was starting with the Giants and I messed up my back on Monday night football. And it was bothering me all week. Didn't practice hardly at all. Go down to Tampa. We're playing the Bucks, And I didn't practice all week, which should have been like my first warning sign. Yeah. I was still younger in my career. I needed those reps. Same type issue. When we got to Tampa, had a masseuse come to my room. or like trying to make sure it gets there. I actually got shot up before the game just so I could play. Sure. I was like, hey, it doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. And then like as soon as like, you know, it starts wearing off and the closer you get to kickoff, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Throw a pick six, like in the first <laughs> opening drive through three picks, got benched. And looking back, I'm like, what an idiot. Like I should have sat out that game. Yeah. I wasn't ready mentally or physically. And it ended up really like hurting the perception of me because then they're like, oh, this guy's no good. Yeah. And it wasn't like maybe that wouldn't have changed it, but I probably would have been 
been better off getting healthy and not playing against Tampa's uh, defense, which was Super Bowl caliber. You and I probably fell into this category of not being necessarily good enough to protect our value to the team. Right. So they throw us out there like on muscle relaxers and, and shot. Like, you <laughs> right. know, who cares right. if Danny doesn't look good? Right. Who cares if Raj falls asleep at the free throw line? It doesn't right. matter. But Carson Wentz isn't that dude. So I'm with you in that. And he I must take a, every precaution. Totally. And I was at a different point in my career too. And I always had like, because I was like, guys knew I had a doctor for a dad. Like right. they knew I came from a different neighborhood than most of the guys. So I didn't want them to think I was weak or soft. I yeah. wanted to think I was tough. And you were overcompensating, huh? Yeah. And I yeah. was out there like trying to prove to them that way. Uh, I want to ask you a question when we come back. I want to see who you would draft. You could redraft that draft class. Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, or Jared Goff. I'm going to give you that question. Patrick Mahomes. All right. Welcome back to uh, Canel and Bell. So I asked you before the break if we're going to redraft. These three quarterbacks, same class from a few years ago. <clears throat> would you, who would you, what order would you take them? So you have Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, or Jared Goff. You're building your franchise. Who are you going to select? What order did they go in just for? So Goff went first. Yep. Wentz went second. Yep. And, uh, Dak went like fourth round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you I would like... flip that. Yeah. I would go Carson Wentz first. Yep. I would go Goff second. And then I would go Dak Prescott third, but not nearly fourth round third. Right, right. He's right. obviously proved his worth Correct. better than a uh, than a fourth round pick for sure. I think it's interesting because Dak's stats are not that far off. It's not only this season they're a little bit further behind, but if you put his career because yeah. of his rookie year mm -hmm. when he had you know the number one offensive line and they were you know going to the playoffs, he had an incredible season. Highest completion percentage. Uh, the yards per game aren't quite as high. But the touchdowns and the touchdown ratio are just the same. Sure. Like, I think you look at it you're like, man, maybe Dak is the most underrated in this group. And I think he is. If you could tell me, look, you're going to have to spend a one on golf or Wentz, and you could spend a two or a three and get Dak a little bit cheaper, I think in today's NFL that might be the smarter way to go. Yeah. Uh, but I think the thing is, I'm with you. I think Carson Wentz I would take one. But I think, and we again, we talked about this a little bit, the injury history – is starting to mount up where it's becoming a concern. And I totally forgot about it, but he had a wrist issue at North Dakota State in right. college where he missed significant time. He's had the ACL. And then now this most recent back issue where that has to come into play no matter how good he is on the field because you've got to play 16 games and you know hopefully 18 or 19 if you go deep in the playoffs. There are very few examples um, in major sports of guys who are injury prone and about the rib fracture. Right. Or oft, often injured coming out of school and in their first three, four years of being a pro and then all of a sudden they get healthy and stay healthy. You understand what I'm saying? There are very few of those. Like Grant Hill had some injuries and then they figured out how to get him healthy in Phoenix and he wound up kind of riding off into the sunset and he was a healthy Grant Hill. But it wasn't nearly the same. He wasn't always injured at Duke. He wasn't always injured in his first season or so in the NBA. And so I think it's a it's a very real concern. And then when you're asking me to draft them, I feel like for one reason or another, Carson Wentz has that little bit of special in him. He does. I, I don't know that either Ryan Goff or... Jared Goff? Jared Goff, sorry. Jared Goff or um, um, Dak, Dak Prescott checked that box in terms of the special stuff, right? I think Dak has it more than Jared Goff. So, like, and he's shown bigger mind. Jared Goff's played great this year. The thing I would worry about Jared Goff is that maybe he's a system quarterback. But that was really my thing. Bad. If you put if you put Dak in that system, I'm not so sure that he doesn't True. look like Goff. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. with those type of numbers. So I, I think Carson is there, and then they're like 2A and 2B. Carson, to me, has the abilities which are defining the NFL right now. At some point, you've got to be able to scramble around and make a play. Right. Or you don't even scramble around. Just from the pocket, things break down. You buy a little bit of time. Improvise. And you got to find a guy. Right. And I think Carson Wentz does that the best of this group, and that's what separates 
the guys like Aaron Rodgers, the guys like Tom Brady, the guys like Drew Brees. Sure. Times when things break down, they find a, a way to make the play. So it's uh, definitely an interesting discussion. I think you know time will tell what, how it works out, but. Right now, it does look like Carson Wentz. I would still stay with him, even though a lot of people, I think, today would say Jared Goff because of the season he's had with the Rams. Ryan Goff. <laughs> yeah, or we could call him that, too. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Welcome back, Canel and Bell. It's good to know our boy Coca is watching today. Oh, word? He's out six, supposedly. I mean, it's Friday. Yeah. Friday weekend. But he said my shirt is not a good choice. For, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I agree. It's not my favorite shirt. It was getting low in the dry cleaning, so I just grabbed it. It is. It's a shirt that was... Maybe cool six, seven years ago. I like the shirt. Yeah, but it's, it's you do like me and just wear like yeah, a rotation of that. five hoodies. Exactly. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I actually do. Uh, I ordered some short sleeve hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go true Bill Belichick, Belichick and just cut them off. Oh, That's go. what I'm doing. Old Love school it. style. Um, so NBA was in uh, action last night and James Harden goes off again. He had a uh, 50 points with a triple double, which ball. is absurd how many times he's done that, uh, in his career. It's his fourth. Uh, career 50-point triple-double, breaking a tie with Russell Westbrook for the most in NBA uh, history. Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor uh, each had two, or the only other players with multiple career 50-point triple-doubles. He was absurd. So the thing that was interesting about this is that they went on to win over the Lakers, 126 uh, to 121, was the Lakers, you know, they're trying to defend. They've been making a point of emphasis on the defensive end of the court, and they couldn't stop anybody. And the rest were calling it, Pretty close, and at certain times of the games, uh, during the game, the Lakers were actually putting their hands behind their backs, like almost like you're doing a drill, making a mock. Yeah, like move it. your feet, and they're saying like, "What are we supposed to do?" I've been there. So my question to you, though, in today's NBA, is it? I mean, is the, if the NBA wants offense, they want a lot of scoring. How hard is it to play in the defensive side of the ball now? Um, look, it's there. There are different challenges that present themselves, uh, but generally speaking. There are guys out there that guard the heck out of the ball. It's fine. James Harden is a really talented one-on-one player, and they're going to give him all of that space. And if you're just going to leave one man on an island up there with him, you're kind of, you know, you, you're you're going to get what you get. Now, where I don't love the the refing is when he jumps and he shoots those jumpers, and then he's in the air and he just throws himself back. Right. Like I don't think that those should be fouls. I don't think the ones where he's seeking the contact and ripping through your arms. I don't think those are fouls because then you put me in a position as a defender that if I've got my hands out playing defense, like I, I, I might as well put them behind my back so he can't grab my arms and score. Um, and he's got an interest in release. If you watch him shoot on some of those clips, he's high in the air and he's almost leaning back. So his lower body is coming towards you as a defender. So if you're even just standing there trying to put a hand up on him, you're going to wind up making some contact with his lower body. That's a point of emphasis because they don't want like that Kawhi situation where someone steps under him and you roll his ankle in the playoffs. So then it's impossible to guard James Harden because you can't even be close enough to him to contest a shot or it's a foul on you. You, I can't stand the play. And it's really become like a lot of players have made it one of their signature moves. Harden's one of them. Steph Curry does it somewhat. Clay Thompson does it. Like, they're good shooters. So they go up. They'll pump fake. The guy gets in the air. And then they lean in in the air. And they try to get an and one. And they, and they throw up the shots. Yeah. You know, sometimes they get three free throws because they do it. Is there anything you can do about that? Is that is that on the defender? Or do you think they should change the way they call it? No. You know, I think Van Gundy has been on broadcast. And he's been pretty vocal about it. Like, I don't think this should be legal. Because it, it does make it even harder. To I think they've changed the rule a bit. I, I think that they've 
another point of emphasis is not to reward that guy as much. Right. There are always going to be situations where somebody head fakes. You think as a defender that you went vertically. And the rule is if you go vertical and that guy changes his plane out of his jump shot to come into you, mm-hmm. that's that's not a foul. That right. is no call. But if you jump a lot of times as a defender, you think you're vertical, but you wind up kind of drifting this way. If he gets the contact with you and you're out of your vertical plane, then I do think that that's a foul. Because, first of all, you shouldn't be jumping on a damn jump shooter anyway. Right, How many times right. you blocking a damn jump shot? Seriously, right. how were you taught to play basketball? Did you try to block jump shots? Face. No. Put a hand up, yeah. stand there, and then box him the heck out. Right. One of the worst things for shooters, as they come down, put your butt on their knees. Right. Not before that, because that's foul. But when <laughs> right. he hits that ground, Time put your butt good. on his knees. Yep. They hate it. It will. It, it's as good as trying to like affect the shot up top. Yeah. Uh, Tom Haberstroh, when he was writing for ESPN, wrote a whole story. I think we might have talked about it about the subtle move that you could make a little little check, a little flinch, a little flinch at the. Or he said that some that was like becoming a like guys would re, were really deceptive with where you can get a little knock in the. Plenty of guys did it. Other regions. Channing Fry tried to fight uh Kevin Garnett one year. Over. Yeah, like he yeah. did a whole story on how many guys do it and how many get away with it. Yeah, and like that's one of those ones you weren't at. You weren't at, were you? No, I've never. Listen, dude. I, people, <laughs> right, people good. have this perception it's of me. Debo, if we find video of that, we would be in trouble. Nah, dude, I've never hit anybody <laughs> in the, in that area. Now, what I would do occasionally because uh, that would mess with me as a shooter. If you it, did that one look, time, every time I'm thinking about no, that. Not, not in, not in, not in your man parts. Right. Never, ever. Right. Ever. It's all fun. Um, in this area here, like when you're raised up for a shot, like in that, in that rib, that lower rib area, I might give you a little one of those. Yeah. Now that's, and, a, but that's technically a foul and it's technically dirty, right? Oh, it's a foul. It's a <laughs> and foul. It's and it, and yeah. But see, that's but, the thing. Next time you're going to think about it as a shooter. Correct. All it takes is that thought to throw you off a millimeter and that shot's going to miss. Correct. Or the other thing that I, I'd Did like to do. Anybody fight you over that? No, 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 no. But I, that's not an every time that look. If you got, yeah, you, you, have, <laughs> you got 40 on me, dude, and I can't guard you. <laughs> right. I might have to give you a little poke. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm sorry. Um, the other thing you could do is really like run at a guy's knees. Like as if you were going to tackle him. Not tackle him, right. but like just run at his knees. And you catch that like in your peripheral as you're up in the air. You see a guy running at your ankles. Chances are you might you might flinch just a little <laughs> right. bit. You know? So the Bulls have been struggling with defense. Jabari Parker specifically was benched for not playing enough defense. Uh, it is interesting because the Bulls have actually, and we talked a lot about this with Boylan since he's taken over. It's been a complete disaster. He had the player mutiny. The players called the Players Association. Well, it seems like maybe – you're getting some sort of resolution and things are maybe starting to resolve themselves because uh, Boylan has a created, it's official, a leadership committee. So it's official. Zach Levine, Robin Lopez, Justin Holiday, Bobby Portis, and Lori Markinen, all on the leadership commission. Now, have you ever been on a team with a leadership commission on it? Because I've covered a lot of college football. Bro. And they're pretty commonplace. Bro. But I've never been on an NFL team with a leadership council. So you're Are we in the sixth them. grade? I feel like, no, real, that's like a middle school thing when you start to get your resume together for college. Listen to the damn coach, all right? If leadership a- council? What are you talking about? That sounds like an elective, like an after school thing that you want to put on like your college, like, Boards or whatever it is, your college <laughs> resume. No, dude, no leadership council. You're grown men. Look, you want to have a conversation? You want to have a conversation? Have one. There are only 15 people in that locker room max. You don't need no damn leadership council. All you guys sit in the locker room, chop it up, go to dinner, um, have a beer, talk about it. I also think it's way too many players. If you're like, what? It's not, it's half the team. 
You have two captains. Yes, those three those captains are your leaders. That's fine. That's you don't council. need a damn council. Like <laughs> right. otherwise, you got fifteen dudes. Chop it up. How do you like this quote from Jabari Parker? So over the summer, and he's obviously been benched, so he's not happy about it. But just signed a two-year, forty million dollar deal. Part yeah. of it. Then over the summer, he was quoted as saying, "Well, I don't know." He was asked about defense. I just stick to my strengths. Look at everybody in the league. They don't pay players to play defense. There's only two players historically who play defense. I'm not going to say that I won't, but to say that's a weakness is like saying that's everybody's weakness. I've scored 30s and 20s off of guys who say they try to play defense. That would be a huge, like, if I knew that before I paid him the 40 mil, I would be like, no, we're taking back the 40 mil. That's just such an unflattering picture, too. That's not a 40 (laughs) mil. Look at that. That is not a You look like you're playing in the rec league over in Boca right now. That is a dad bot. And that's just so silly to say, like, come out of your mouth. I would, too. Now, they do have a a, a team option, so he will not be seeing 40 million. He'll be seeing the 20 million. Yeah, he's Um, one mil. Do you have any problem with him benching him, though, do you? Like, if that's his attitude in the offseason, I guarantee he's proud, proud. Part of this problem that the Bulls are having right now is you've got players who are like, they don't care about defense. They don't care about anything except getting paid. Anyone that would let that come out of their mouth, like, I, I don't, I don't, team. I don't care if you, if you say to me, he's like, not in the plans for what you need to do to get better. I, I can't argue that. Right. You know what I mean? I did have a time. I was sitting in the cold tub one time with Al Jefferson. We were in Utah. We were having a bad season and I was, I always go to Ty Corbin and be like, Hey man, like, you know, you got, are you watching us play, man? Like, are you seeing like that we're not putting any stock in defense and everybody's trying to get their own numbers and like, that's not what we used to do under Jerry. Like, let's, let's, can you, you know, can you please get this thing back online or whatever? And he'd always be like, nah, his answer to that was to take me out of the starting lineup because he thought I would play better with the second lineup who didn't, who passed the ball better. I was like, fine. So I'm sitting there with Al Jefferson one night and we're talking about CJ Miles, right? And like, and I love CJ. Jilla was my dude, right? And I said, I said, I was like, Man, he got to sit down and guard that, man. Like, he, you know, like, and Al says, you know what? He says, sometimes just asking somebody to play defense is just taking away from their offense. <laughs> he did. I said, <laughs> well, that's part of our, <laughs> that's part of the issue, though. But that was his mindset. He was like, look, that's not what I do. Right. That's not what CJ does. Don't ask us to do that because if you do, then we can't do what we're supposed to do, which is score. And when you're, when you, you know, when you've got a bunch of dudes whose mindset is like that, you will not be a good defensive team. Do you have a problem if guys take off possessions defense? No. Cause I think that happens no, all the time. I don't have happen. a problem with that one, but they've got to play some defense when it's necessary, specifically in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. Like if you're pacing yourself throughout the game and there's Correct. possessions you'll take, take off, no problem with that. This is different. This is a, a philosophical view of defense doesn't matter. That's different. And I'm not saying Al Jefferson was a bad defender or CJ. I'm right. just saying that that was, that was the mentality. And so look, yeah, you're going yeah, to, dude, Danny, like we talk to kids about like giving a hundred percent on every play. That's yeah. unreal. Right. Totally. No one's doing right. It. But you, you have to have, um, a game plan defensively. It has to mean enough to you as a player to stick to that game plan defensively. Um, you have to have a baseline of effort that you're going to give, right? It can't be just, I don't even care. I got a kid on my high school team right now, doesn't even care. But he, he's like, I'm not playing defense. Right. Like that can't work. Even if you tune in for five plays, it's not enough. There's got to be like a, a minimum level that we're reaching every play and we go up from there. And there's some guys like Jabari might not. I don't know. I haven't watched his games, but. Um, you can't play in the NBA without playing defense. No, they're, the Bulls are a minus 10.6 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor. So Ridiculous. obviously it's, uh, it's paying over that. 
Oh, man. Why didn't we do that on air? So, Debo was just taking time to look up your uh, technical fouls in your career. Your guess was what? 30? Yeah, 35, 40. A little bit off. 77. Yeah. Number of technical 77, fouls. 77? That's career. incorrect. That's got to be incorrect. <laughs> no, There's yeah. no way I would have given back that you much have money. The internet to confirm. No way. Uh, so, <laughs> so, real quick, I want to hit on this story because Mason Foster, linebacker for the Redskins, uh, following the game against the Eagles, Everybody's into social media, right? Yeah. Everybody, a lot of teams, a lot of guys have social media teams that they have to post video, to run it for them. They have sure. other people do it. So he gave his cousin permission to run his IG account that to idea. drive awareness for the cleats for my cause game the following week. Then it was brought to his attention that he was engaging fans in the platform in a negative light and was responding to messages directed at me with inappropriate language and derogatory remarks. Nice. Don't give your stuff out to anybody. <laughs> No, I mean, like, especially, like, but it's a cousin, like, I get, like, it's your family no. member, but if you're paying a firm so- to do that, right, that's one thing. Acceptable. There's you're, accountability. You could fire them. Correct. They say that's them. Yes. You're not handing that off to, like, a, a friend, um, and saying, hey, dude, I trust you to run my IG account. Not a good idea. Do you no. think I should let Debo have access? Cause he posts for me sometimes on Twitter and I'm wondering, like, it's a huge liability. It is. And I actually was stupid enough. I know I just said what I said, except <laughs> yeah. Debo was like, yo, we need to get you a Twitter thing. I was like, just run it. <laughs> so we're both doing that. So basically our whole entire careers in broadcasting rely on our trust for Debo and what he's correct. Talking. The difference is we're not Don't like, screw us over Debo. We're not playing for the Redskins or the Eagles right now. <laughs> That's we're like, true. Uh, Dirk Vitsky returned last night, uh, for his 21st season debut. Yeah. Right? It looked like Incredible. it hurt. Incredible. It, it did look like look it painful. hurt. It, it probably does <laughs> at his age. Uh, D Wade also in his, uh, last career. Who do you think deserves the bigger send off here? Oh, bigger send off? Um, I would say Dirk because he's been there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, that, look, there, there's something to be said for playing with the same team for that long. Uh, who's had, I was just looking at their stats trying to figure out who had the better career. Like, that's a really tough one. These are two dudes that have, you know, Dirk's got one title, Wade's got three. Both of them have a finals MVP. But Dirk, what would Dirk have done if LeBron would have gone to Dallas instead of Miami? No, true, true. Like, so the titles, I don't really like. Right. You know, although, and you know, Wade beat Dirk for his first title, then uh, Dirk turned around and beat Wade and LeBron for his title. Um, I think what separates them for me, like, Dirk has the four first team all NBA um, appearances. Yeah. D Wade's only got the two. So, I mean, you get really nitpicky when you start to do that. Um, although Dirk did play five more seasons. Of all stars, I think I probably go with Dirk, just a slight nod, and I mean like really slight. Right. I mean it's a it's one of those things too where positionally a little, a little bit different, so different styles of play. Like if you were creating a roster, it'd be great if you could have them both. Yes. You know, like that would be the ultimate. And I think you are really like nitpicking when you're saying, all right, who's one, which one's better over the other one. Both of them have fantastic careers, and both of them will get pretty nice send offs uh, from their respective teams. Although D Wade has made it clear he's not playing. I don't think I think Dirk has kind of left it up in the air, hasn't he? Did he say this? Dirk, better, yeah, I think he did, dude. He, he did better not. He, last... There's no way that Dirk can continue to roll out of bed and show up at at the practice facility. Are you after a this fan year. of when your last time around you go to every city and they give you a gift? And if you deserve it, like if you're dudes, if you're Dirk it, and D Wade, yeah, I'm with that. You are. Yeah, I am. If you're on the other team. Are you a little annoyed? Nope, not at all. Nah, those dudes look, man. Yeah. I played it. They were Great. both in my era, both unguardable, like just filthy competitors, like really a re- lot of respect. You wouldn't care. Now, maybe some of the young poop butts that don't know nothing, <laughs> right. they might care. But they generally they're like, when are we getting this yeah. game on? Like, nah, we pay homage, though. Those yeah. dudes were, yeah, they carried the league for a while. I would think With a bunch were. of other guys. All right, so now we are going to pick. Instead, of, we usually do one pick at the end of the show. Yeah. We're going to pick all the bowls from the weekend. Oh, word. Ready? Do you, yeah, you, what? you did your research, right? I've been waiting right? for this. I couldn't sleep last night. All right, so first we're going to go to the not- Gildan, yeah, the Mexico Bowl. 
because we did this yesterday with Emory Hunt, and they're no longer sponsored by Gildan. But Gildan's more than welcome to sponsor our podcast sure. if you want to. So that's Utah the pharmaceutical State, company that yeah. operates. <laughs> yes. It. yes, don't keep saying that, or we right. won't get that because they got some sweet gear. Um, Utah State seven half point favorite over North Texas. Okay, who do you like? Emory Hunt, I believe, like Utah State. Yeah, I'm going to take Utah State too. Utah I don't State, know why. Their coach has moved on. North Texas, Seth Luttrell. Seth Luttrell is staying. He yeah. had some opportunities to leave. They have a quarterback, Mason Fine. Enough, dude. Next I, bowl. I covered this Next team. bowl. I'm going to tell you, North Texas, take North Texas in the points. All right. All right, Mitsubishi Motors, Las Vegas Bowl. Yes. Arizona State, Herm Edwards against Fresno State. Fresno's four and a half point favorite. Fresno for all the reasons that Emory said yesterday. All right, I'm Love going Herm. with I'm going with Herm. Oh, boom. I'm going to say Herm in his first bowl game back needs to get it to get over okay. that hump. So I'm going to take Arizona State in the points as well. Love the underdogs. All right, how about the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl? Georgia Southern versus Eastern Michigan. Uh, what are their mascots? I don't know. Georgia Southern's like a... Georgia Southern travel. East, uh, no, you know what? I'm going to take... Who cares? Do Georgia it. Southern. All right. You're taking Georgia yeah. Southern? So am I. All right, All right good. Both on go. Georgia Southern, that triple option. All right, how about the AutoNation Cure Bowl right up in Orlando? Tulane is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisiana. That's our boy Emery's team. Yeah. Squad. It's going to be the green wave. Really? Picking against All right, I'm going to go with Emory Squad, the Raging Cajuns. I have no idea about this game. I haven't done much research. But this last one, I saw this team in person. Middle Tennessee versus App State. App State's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Does App State have the father-son duo at quarterback, or is that Middle Tennessee? No, that's Middle Tennessee. And it's Brent Stockstill's last game, fifth-year senior. You're riding with my boys right there. There you go. There you go. I'm taking them, too. Uh, Rick Stockstill, you know he played college quarterback. FIU. No, Florida State. Oh, my bad. He's an old Florida State quarterback. I'm going with him. (laughs) I also think, too, if your coach leaves Scott Satterfield on the greener pastures, I always wonder what impact that has on the team. But they got Scott Satterfield's twin. That's right. That's true. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's it's just his clone.